turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money and investing and more. It's an interesting time of the year, in my opinion. Um, Recently, I met Mark Benioff. And he helped raise money after the big Santa Rosa fires last year. Got Metallica to play a concert. Got AT&T. Got a lot of people pulled together to donate their time and money. And they raised a lot of money. You're seeing another wildfire in Northern California top last year's wildfire. So there's a lot of people who do a lot of good work. Tyler Florence made a movie. State of California gave him some money to do it. It's obviously good to get people back into Napa and Sonoma from around the world. They bring their tourist dollars here. But there's also a human element to it. Tragedy in helping you know, the first responders as well as the people who lost their homes. I had in-laws who lost their homes. So it's pretty familiar to me. So you see people like Tyler Florence and Mark Benioff and Guy Fieri doing the right thing. I'm kind of proud that I like craft beer. If... You can go back in time and live in any period. Would you want to become a Roman gladiator? Would you want to become a Greek goddess? Would you want to become a World War II hero? What part of history would you want to live in? And I'm living in the best part of history for me. The craft beer brewing day and age of Nirvana. It's a good time to like beer. So the big headline story today, I'm putting it together for television is the charity work that brewers are doing. And if I had a dream job that I can go back and do, it would probably be to be a craft beer maker, even though I'd probably drink all, eat, drink all my profits, right? But more than 1,000 breweries answered Sierra Nevada's call for the campfire relief beer. They were expecting maybe 500 would be a good thing, and that would get them seven digits to donate to charity. Now, a lot of breweries are located in Northern California. Um, we've got a lot of water. Uh, we got a lot of the good things for craft beer to be. But for Sierra Nevada, which is located in Chico, which is part of Butte County, but not the part that really burned down. They're on the western side. Um, they helped first responders for sure, and they helped displaced residents, giving them food and clothes. Um, they noticed that a lot of Butte County employees, which does a lot of the paperwork uh, for breweries, uh, a lot of paper manufacturing, they lost homes and they came to work. So they've come up with the name Resilience Butte County Proud IPA. Now, I'm a little tired of the proud thing, Boston proud, Boston strong. I'm, I get it. I get it. But it seems like every tragedy now we, we throw on a proud or strong, right? And it's fine. That, that, that helps the, the victims, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. It's a good rally cry. So they're going to come up with Resilience Butte County Proud IPA. They're going to donate all the proceeds to the Sierra Nevada Campfire Relief Fund. And, of course, Sierra Nevada seeded it with $100,000 to start the process. So what they did was they wrote a letter, the founder, 
think his name's Ken Grossman. Uh, he penned a letter and he said, hey, if we can get some more breweries to make, I'll give you the recipe if you can brew it and give profits to the charity. And a thousand of them did. So I get that sometimes opening up your pocketbook to donate money is tough. I get it. Charitable giving is not the easiest thing for people who are struggling or people who are, are you know, middle class. But if you're going to drink a beer, consider drinking this beer. And that's a message the millennials have ingrained in them. They want to do good. They want to help the world. They don't mind living in a smaller apartment if it puts them closer to the things they want to do. I think millennials, and without sounding too Dion Warwick, millennials are our future. The children. The children's children. So I'm kind of excited by that. I've got a niece who all she does is get college kids to sign up to vote. I think that's very noble. It's not going to pay the bills forever and ever and ever. It's not, you know, a a big, big paycheck. But it's something that she believes in. She wants politicians to change her world for the better, not for the worse. And we're seeing a record number of women being elected into offices across the country, not just Congress. So Resilience Butte County Proud IPA. I think it's a cool story. And again, sometimes your dollars can speak. And maybe that's what you do this holiday. Buy people a six-pack of, of, of beer. Because Lord knows we all could need a little time to check out on occasion, right? Um, so that's awesome. Back to the stock market. This is a market that's focused on two things. The Federal Reserve and interest rates. And China. And caught in the crosshairs of all of this is Apple. Because they want to sell phones in China, but they also manufacture their phones in China. And when Trump says tariffs, China says, well, okay, we can't match you on the tariffs, dollar for dollar. But how about we just say, we're going to close the manufacturing facilities of this company. And let's call them Apple. So that's got people freaked out. Then Apple's done something kind of crazy. I was recently going over some pay structures and, and um, benefits. And sometimes you have to put in, introduce new pay structures and new benefits. And employees get freaked out because, A, they don't like change. And, B, they don't like to go backwards to go forward. But Apple did something that freaked out the market. Well, first and foremost, if you see any Apple employees or realtors, give them a hug. Because the new home sales and existing home sales are down roughly 10% year over year. So the realtors are tightening their belt this Christmas. They're, they're saying instead of buying a five-foot Christmas tree, which typically runs between 20 and $30 a foot, so that's $100 up to $150. Like, whoa. Just, and it's a twig. It's literally a twig. And all the needles are going to fall off of it in 30 days. And people are willing to throw down $100, $150 just to put it on the curb in 30 days. I find that insane. But I get it. So if you see any Apple employees, give them a hug because they lost their crown in the last 45 days of the most dominant, expensive company in the world the most publicly traded valued company to its old nemesis, Microsoft, who Apple probably would have gone out of business if Microsoft didn't float them alone 20 plus years ago. So Apple stock down 25%. Anxiety about economic weakness in some parts of the world, deepening U.S.-China trade skirmish. It's all weighing on Apple right now. And they did something, I'm not going to call stupid, but it was about face. They, they said that in the last two or three quarters, they've been hinting at it. We're going to stop disclosing how many phones, Mac computers, and iPads we sell. Wow. And as an analyst, as a guy who lives and breathes by the stuff, 
I'm like, you're going to put me in the in the dark. I don't like that. So they're kind of running away from reality, in my opinion. Their justification is that, you know, it's no longer represents an accurate picture of Apple's performance. And he's, and Luca Maestri, Apple's chief financial officer, says there's no correlation. But there is a correlation. And it's almost insulting that, you know, he would go that far and tell us there's not. Um, Apple needs to prove to investors that it's working. So that's out there, looking at metrics. Speaking about things that are out there, did you know it's time for me to give away four tickets to see the WWE Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view event at SAP Center in San Jose, Sunday, oh! December 16th, 3.30. You'll be home by 8. Nice. You can do last-second Christmas shopping in San Jose. Nice. Winning. It's your chance to see Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre. Ronda Rousey. Judo champion in the Olympics, defending the Raw's Women's Championship against Nia Jax. Tickets start at $25. Tickets available at SAP Center Box Office or by phone. You can find out, and you can win tickets right now. 800-516-1220. Family four-pack. Well, that's pretty awesome. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. A little entertainment during the holiday season. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Two big areas of spending right now are on technology and healthcare. I'm talking about investing in technology and some of the things we're seeing out there. But you see companies like Apple say, we are interested in the watch becoming a healthcare device. We are interested in it being a medical device. And then there's going to be approvals that you have to get to make that happen. But we're talking about big money here. We're talking about where the money's going, where the money's going into R&D, where the money's going into research, uh, and the, the investment ramifications from that. You know, Apple doesn't spend billions a year on research and development because they're throwing the money away. They're doing it to try to entice you into buying product in the future. Social media is one of those terms that has really grown up in the last five years a lot. Um, and it continues to grow. You know, we've seen it go from fringe us doing it to our parents doing it to our kids doing it continues to grow. Facebook e-commerce click through rates. Uh, growing from about 1% in 2016 to 3% today. So believe it or not, those little ads do work. They do have an open history, per se. That's a winner. In the earliest, earliest, earliest part of the 20th century, when I started my business, you know, there was areas where you would market towards. I remember, um, gosh, there was a company that would sell addresses. And in the financial media industry or the financial industry, you get the richest neighborhoods. Let's just, for poops and giggle sakes, call it you know Beverly Hills zip code. So you get the zip codes there, and you know every house is worth over a million dollars. And you you know drop a postcard to them and say, "Hey, come listen to Rob Black speak." Now before that, you you know in the 1940s and earlier, you just had catalogs. Very limited product selection. Uh, Sears, Roebuck, Montgomery Ward kind of dominated that. And in the 1940s to the 1990s, we started learning a little bit more about brands. 
where Macy's, Gap, and Nike kind of took over. Today, it's all about data. And, well, before we get to today, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you had a situation like eBay where you can get online and, or Amazon and, and order a million things. If you wanted a pair of Nike pink Jordan running shoes, someone had it for sale or someone had it used. And now to get retail to work now, it's all about, you know, getting it more personalized, curated towards you. So Apple curates music lists, Spotify curates music lists. And apparently I like the 90s (laughs) kind of thing, right? And it doesn't take a lot for it to figure you out. But that's all about the machine learning and the big data. Subscriptions have been a big grower on the internet in the last couple of years. Big grower. And a lot of people once said things like, I don't know if I'm going to pay, you know, 25 cents or 50 cents a day for the New York Times when I can go online and get it for free. And now you're saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it online because I can go to LA Times, which is free, and New York Times isn't free. Up to 10 articles. And I'm like, I can get around that by just deleting all my cookies, right? But subscription services continue to grow, and subscriptions are are Wall Street's favorite thing about the Internet at times, because it's a recurring payment. So Netflix has 118-plus million subscribers in 2017. Amazon's got 100 million subscribers to Amazon Prime. Spotify, 70-plus million. New York Times, 3 million. You're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Spotify, 70 million, and New York Times, 3 million? Isn't the New York Times the the, rec, uh, the paper of record? Isn't aren't they like? Yes. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but Dropbox has more subscribers than the New York Times at eleven million. So, but Wall Street loves subscriptions because it's easy to say. I bet they make with something like uh, Netflix, one hundred eighteen million. You write down that number, one hundred eighteen million. It's one one eight comma zero 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 comma zero 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 right and then you times it by ten ten dollars a month you're like oh i see what they're gonna make in the next 90 days and then you're just, they, they tell you they're gonna spend eight billion on content this year and you're like whoa okay that's not that doesn't add up with what they're getting in revenues but i get it can they continue to get subscribers is the question mobile shopping app sessions um they're growing fast People are enjoying shopping with mobile, and they're, they're engaging in it on longer periods of times. It's pretty interesting. Um, I used to use YouTube as like, oh, let's go find a music video or something along those lines, right? And then I got to a point where I was using YouTube to figure out how to put kids' toys together. And then I was using YouTube to figure out how to fix the washing machine. Then I was using YouTube to um, do a little bit of research on a product before I buy it, right? So... We're all trying to game the system. The system's trying to game us. That's for sure. And there's a lot of what I would refer to as new retail or new e-commerce. E-commerce even sounds funny at times, right? Alibaba and Amazon have a very similar focused area on how they're trying to do their business. It's almost as if Alibaba is copying Amazon. Now, Alibaba owns seven or eight websites where Amazon's really all about Amazon on a lot of levels. But they both have some physical retail stores going with Amazon Go, Amazon Books, Whole Foods, Alibaba does. So I look, I like comparing the two companies. They both are into payment systems. They both are into digital entertainment. They both are into cloud platforms. 
they're two companies that are fun to compare to each other on price to revenue, price to uh, price to earnings, price to income, price to debt, debt to equity. So it's fair to say that e-commerce platform in China is Alibaba as far as the retail infrastructure goes. And it's fair to say the whole infrastructure of the United States retail system is transforming into something that Amazon's pushing. So not only can you get your groceries, but you can also ship your packages. I get it. So the question is, how do you extend that platform now beyond your home countries? How do you get Amazon or Alibaba into Pakistan or Indonesia or India or Singapore? Do you do it with acquisitions? Do you do it with... Um, yeah, acquisitions is probably the easiest way to do it. You could try to you know set up shop, but you're already behind, right? With internet advertising, one of the cool things about it is accountability rises. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Life expectancy in the United States dropped yet again as drug overdose deaths continue to climb. How many people in America do you think died of drug overdoses last year? Give you just a second to think about it. How many Americans overdosed on drugs? It's enough to change life expectancy. That tells you something, right? 70,000 Americans overdosed on drugs last year. Suicides are on the rise. You know, suicide's an interesting topic for me. For some reason, I'm drawn to it. And I don't know if I'm telling you something like, you know, I need help or something. There was an article yesterday in the USA Today about a woman who's finally found hope again after her mother committed suicide. It's an amazing read, and it's something I highly recommend if you have adult children or something like that you you share the article with. It's a good life lesson. Her mother didn't realize that her stepfather was sexually abusing the author of the I Found Hope Again after my mother's suicide article in USA Today yesterday. It's an amazing article because it's, it's probably, I want to say 14 pages. It, it, it's long. And um, it deals with her mother going to the Grand Canyon and her going to the Grand Canyon. And like, I wonder if she jumped over this fence. I wonder if she bothered paying for the bus ride. I wonder if she locked her car. It has a lot of questions that, you know, you obviously leave people with when you commit suicide. It's an amazing read. And if you want to email me and you can't find it, I'll, I'll send you a link to it. Um, I copied it and I uh, put it into my reread file, which I have, and I think is a pretty great thing that people use because um, there's things that I want to stick with. There was a one-on-one many years ago in uh, Adam Lanza went into Newton Elementary School and shot up a kindergarten and first grade class. I had a kid in kindergarten and I saved the article and uh, it just, it, it rocked me. It very much so upset me. And there was uh, one of the kids left a note to his friend as I'll see you, you know, I'm going to miss playing with you, but I'll see you in heaven one day. And I was like, I bawled. So, because kids deserve better, right? But the drug overdose rate rose 9.6% year over year. Suicides climbed 3.7%. As a result, the average lifespan in America dropped one-tenth of a percent. It dropped to 78.6 years versus 78.7. 
Yeah, there's an opioid crisis in the United States, so that's something to be not acknowledged of. I had a friend who was massively obese, and uh, he did the lap band surgery and lost a lot of weight, got a divorce, then basically went into depression and overdosed on opioids. So I, I know this is kind of true, right? I have one, but 70,000 people overdosed on drugs last year. That's freaky to me. The last time we had a drop in the life expectancy rate in the United States was the 1980s in the HIV AIDS epidemic. Did you know that Canadians live on average three times longer, three years longer than Americans? Not three times as long. And in Japan, they've got the longest life expectancy at almost 84. There's something to be said for that. Anyhow, you won't need long-term care if you commit suicide. You won't need long-term care if you die early. You need long-term care if you live a little bit too long and you can no longer take care of yourself or you don't have a spouse to help you. Let's talk to CFP Chad Burton a little bit about long-term care issues. Joining me now. CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, host of a radio show you can find and get the podcast at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, my mother is in long-term care. That's the good news. The bad news is we didn't buy her long-term care when she was 45 or 55, so we're paying out of our pocket for it, and it's expensive um, to the point that it's, it's a financial drain. I would imagine you see a lot of that. And I've heard like the industry's rapidly changing. Give us an update on long-term care. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, to see a lot of it, yes, because, you know, when I first got into the business in the early 90s, working with my grandfather uh, in his 60s, most of his clients were older and we were having to learn how to plan for people to go into a nursing home. And still, even today, most people have not bought long-term care insurance so when you get a couple in that can't really afford it, there's certain things you have to do to protect the spouse at home from going into poverty. Okay. So if somebody's in that situation, you need to make sure, you know, assuming email, you need an elder law attorney, a financial advisor, and there's ways to protect assets for the well spouse, not for your heirs, but for your well spouse at home. So they don't go into poverty too, but everybody else needs to kind of plan for it. And the old days of buying long-term care insurance have drastically changed. Women are highly rated, pay more than men because they tend to live longer and go into a nursing home. Men tend to just die. Um, Happened to my family. And and it was drastically underpriced. I mean, in terms of insurance, it's not hundreds of years of risk analysis. It's, you know, 30, 40 years and they drastically underpriced the product. And so now people are getting letters we're going to double your rates. We're going to do a 50% increase. So you can either keep the same coverage or reduce it. And if you want to pay the same, we've had several companies just get out of the business altogether and sell their policies. Um, and so it's, it's something that you need to look at. My, my favorite way to look at it now is if these people bought these old cash value life insurance policies, Rob, yeah. you know, maybe they're parents purchased them one or they had a buddy that went to work and and got them to invest in this thing and they thought it would be a great investment now it's like you know here's here's a $200,000 life insurance policy i've had for 20 years it's got 60,000 of cash value in it i'm never going to use it sometimes you can do a, what's called a 1035 exchange from that into the new style of long-term care life insurance hybrids where you can get way more life insurance and have the ability to use that death benefit while you're alive if you go into a long-term care facility. So that part of the industry is really growing up as the other normal long-term care insurance policies have kind of died. It's good stuff. And a lot of people don't understand how expensive long-term care is. I'll give you an update. It costs my mom about $95,000 a year. They cook for her. They do her laundry. They give her medication. They take her on little field trips. But she's in a one-bedroom 
teeny tiny little apartment. It's not luxury, it's luxurious, but it's a hundred thousand dollars a year almost in after tax earnings. It's definitely it's 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 costly and uh, it's a problem. It is, you know, and, and with medical expenses the way they work too, a lot of people need to plan accordingly when you go in and pay for that. In order to really deduct all your medical expenses, maybe you should be drawing every single ounce of the cost of that long-term care out of an IRA so you can actually get the deduction on the medical expenses to offset the taxes on the IRA. So there's certain things you got to do. Now, you sh- when you're 55, you still look at the cost of long-term care okay. insurance. Look at that's one of the very few group plans you should look at through your employer um, because they're, the pricing actually tends to be better. Yeah. And so see if it's available during open enrollment with your employer. Um, and if you don't buy it or you can't afford it, you know, what's your plan B and communicate with your family what the plan B is. Is it a reverse mortgage? Is it selling your home? What is it? And, and make it clear even within your estate planning documents. Is it living with your kids? You know, that's, that could have happened to us and uh, we're just spending on our assets. It's, it's, it's surreal that I'm about to say this. One of the best things my dad did was he died instantly. He didn't need a lot of long-term care. He didn't drain his retirement. That all went to my mom. And that's, that's a humiliating thing to say. Of they, they didn't plan well enough. So if he didn't die when he was 58, they wouldn't have no assets, is my assumption, if he retired and started draining them with her. And what you just said, it's very important for those people that have term insurance that is set to expire or yeah. go drastically up in value before you let that happen a very detailed physical because we recently had a case where somebody, we got him go. I think you should pay another year of this in term insurance. Right. And he was basically just given six months to live. <laughs> so without that, his wife would have been in trouble Wow. and you know, he's going to be gone probably in six months. Wow. Um, real quick question. Do you have a list of long-term care providers and what's too old for getting long-term care? Cause my neighbor's 70 and she, and she was looking into it. I, I just kept my mouth shut. Because she was mm-hmm. convinced of it, but I was like, I think that's going to be too expensive. It's probably going to be too expensive at that point. Um, there's, I mean, some of the main life insurance companies are the only ones that are doing it anymore. Okay. Um, so the list of good ones is maybe three or four, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, we don't sell insurance, but if, if you need a referral to look at it, then let me know. I can shoot you in the right direction. But, uh, the list is quite small. And then people that are older, uh, they might be better off putting their cash in one of those hybrid policies, um, to get a little interest, but also have death benefit that you can use early for the long-term care. Financial planner, CFP, Chad Burton. Super important to think about this before it's too late. That's where the planning comes into the certified financial planner. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can see him at an event coming up. You can always go to his website and get some downloads and listen to his podcast. Um, It's super important that you educate yourself, and Chad's doing a great job of it. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Stocks opened a touch lower today, but we don't really care why they open. We care how they close. It gives us more of a feeling on the day. Um, The motion-driven open, amateur hour, the last... 30, 45 minutes of trading amateur hour. You kind of want to get into the, the grit of the market during the midday. Um, I don't really care about day-to-day. I don't. It's not great companies don't necessarily need to be repriced day-to-day. But I get it. I get it. Ten-year treasury sits at 3.01%. That's cooled off. McDonald's is rising today. If you were to ask me, name one stock you would own if you thought the U.S. economy was going to go to poop for the next 10, 15 years, it would probably be McDonald's. 
Um, it's kind of a joke, you know, uh, of a restaurant. The food's not great, but it's cheap. And they've been remodeling. They've been trying to, you know, make the experience a little bit better. Um, when you have young, young kids having a McDonald's playground to stop at to get some energy out on long road trips, it's better than the Nuggets. Let me tell you that. So McDonald's, I think, is benefiting from a weaker economy, and they do well in a good economy, too. That's your second stock tip in two days. I'm Rob Black, doing a little abacab. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I got an email from a grandmother. You've got mail. Who wants? Who has $10,000 that she wants to invest for her granddaughter. I'm like, coolest grandmother ever, right? She goes, I want to get ExxonMobil. I'm like, oh, grandma, you're living in your age. There's something called electric cars now be careful not saying we're going to say no more to oil but i don't know if that's the best investment for a granddaughter um i'd rather you do like a wilshire 3000 but here was her second question she wants to invest five thousand in exxon i guess potentially five thousand in a company called cannabio cannabio deal i'm like i think i think i know what that is I think that's weed. Canna by all right, all right, all right. It's a naturally occurring cannabinoid constituent of cannabis. It was discovered in 1940, initially thought not to be pharmaceutically active. And I'm like, what sort of grandmother is getting her granddaughter a weed investment? And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Or is that kind of crazy? And there's a lot of health benefits that people believe in cannabio deal. Um, it's on the rise. It's a trend. I get it. Why not get your granddaughter something like Mattel and Barbie or Disney and uh, the princesses, the princess eyes, the princess X's, the princesses, but to each their own. I probably wouldn't go with either of these two stocks. I think Exxon's too boring, and I don't know anything about Cannabiodeal. Uh, I must have to be high to say it correctly, right? Cannabardeal. You got it. Well, I'm super high. I'm high as a kite. In my high school, we did so much marijuana when you would walk down the hall and say hi to someone. It was more of a question than, you know, a, a greeting. That is not appropriate behavior, okay? Yeah, I was too afraid to uh, do drugs or alcohol. I had a tough dad. So, But after he died, <laughs> let me just say... I've got a policy where my kids can't do marijuana or beer or whiskey until after they finish their dinner. That's right, Jack. So, as a grandmother, I I applaud her, but maybe you're thinking too hard about this one. Uh, Maybe just go with a good index or something boring. Not like ExxonMobil, because oil's a problem. But maybe something boring like McDonald's or Boeing or Disney. You know, Disney's got a pay-per-view thing that's going to try to rival Netflix coming out next year. And no one knows where it goes in the short term. But in the long term, I'm pretty sure Disney's going to be around. Would I buy Mattel? No. Because Mattel's being edged out by iPads and, and phones. Just my opinion. I told a burger advisor to take any action on any stock mention on the show. Ta-da! So McDonald's got an upgrade today, citing their remodeling. A company called PPG. 
um, is moving higher on an activist invest, activist investor trion. Intel was cut today by an analyst. Semiconductor stocks are down about 10% in the fourth quarter. I like pullbacks. I cannot lie. Uh, 10% uh, cheaper than buying it at you know, all-time high. 10% off sounds good to me. I like discounts to the point that I, I use my credit cards to discount anything I buy. Whether it's 2% cash back or 5% on gas or groceries, I, I have no problem with any of that. I pay my credit cards every month, though. I'm good about that. Oil futures dipped below $50 a barrel yesterday. They remained down by about a third since the start of the fourth quarter. So oil's down a third. It's in bear market. Who knew? Oil's decline is preceded by stories about OPEC cutting output. Interesting times. Interesting times, to say the least, for Mother Earth. The world uses about 100 million barrels a day. So the decline saves Earth very roughly about $1 trillion annually. The decline in oil saves us about $1 trillion annually. Wow. We'll take it. Right? We'll take it. Uh, we're not above that. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Little modest pullback. Qualcomm's a little bit higher. The chairman is still thinking about taking the company private. Dollar Tree has guided earnings and revenues below expectations. Wow. Dollar Trees and Dollar Generals and Dollar Stores all should do well in a weaker economy, right? As people try to stretch their spending. Amber Crombie and Fitch up 18% after the retailer beat earnings expectations. I'll be honest with you. I could care less about Abercrombie and Fitch. I only have so much space in my brain for so many stocks, and I can't do it all, right? I could tell you all about Australia's new home sales, but you'd be like, why do I care? I could tell you about Japan's retail sales, up 3.5% year over year, and you'd say, why do I care? New Zealand's business confidence, lower. Like, there's a lot going on, and it's something I, I truly love about the stock market, Yeti Holdings. What does Yeti make? Yeti makes the coolers that everyone tries to steal. They're super expensive coolers that'll keep like a bag of ice frozen for a week. So if you like to camp or you like to road trip, it's pretty awesome. But they're expensive. They're premium. Premium's not a bad way to learn to invest because they have a lot of margin wiggle room. And if you're not going to go for that and you're going to say, let's go with skinny margins, you go with something like a McDonald's because they're all about volume, 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 not necessarily about quality. A lot of ways of approaching investing. No. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.